Hello everyone, today we're going to talk about the different forms and the different definitions of fasting. Fasting, integrative medicine and inspiration. The Buchinger Wilhelmi Amplius program, where tradition meets innovation. As pioneers of fasting, we share our insights gained from a century of fasting experience and present fascinating results from the latest fasting research. We will talk to leading experts about fasting and aspects of integrative mind and body medicine, including nutrition, exercise, relaxation and mindfulness techniques to inspire you to live a long, healthy and fulfilling life. My name is Leonard Wilhelmi. I am the Managing Director of the Buchinger Wilhelmi Clinic on Lake Constance, Germany. And today I am here with Dr. Françoise Wilhelmi de Toledo, the Scientific Director of the Buchinger Wilhelmi Clinics, and also my mother. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Hello. In the last years, there has been a lot of talk about the different forms of fasting. So when you opened a newspaper, you could read something about um, intermittent fasting. Then there was a lot of talk about the 5-2 method, the 16-8, and so on. And so as somebody who's interested in fasting in general, it can be sometimes a bit tricky to know what kind of fasting are we talking about, what kind of fasting people refer to when they refer to a certain method. So today I have a leading expert on the topic of fasting. So let's help the listeners to navigate through this jungle of forms and definitions of fasting. To start with, I'd like to address the caloric restriction. What is a caloric <coughs> restriction? Well, the word fasting today is a bit elastic, you know. Normally, this uh, means not eating, switching to a mobilization of your own stored fat reserves. This would be fasting where you drink only water. And then now the word fasting is sometimes used to replace diet. Well, this means up here, uh, anyway, restriction. And like you say, calorie restriction is the first thing which has been, uh, <clears throat> has been connected to an effect which is longevity. When uh, you put some uh, cell cultures or animals to restricted period of food without malnutrition, so you, you take maybe, we give them 70% of the food uh, quantity they would need to be normal weighted, you take 30% away, so they eat less, but a good food, good, and they live longer, they have a better health. They develop less diseases like you see with the aging, which is diabetes, obesity, the problems of health, uh, cardiovascular problems, inflammatory diseases. So it was linked to a restriction, was linked improvement of health. And since it's not easy, you know, to, to make a calorie restriction, today we have an obesity problem. So the people eat too much. And to uh, achieve at least that they eat normally is already difficult. So to ask them to eat less than normal is almost is only possible by little quantity of people. Okay, thank you very much. Let's go to the next definition we hear a lot of in the media is the term intermittent fasting. What is intermittent fasting? This is exactly the, the next step. If you don't want to eat less every day, 
then maybe some people said, okay, maybe we could uh, stop to eat uh, eating one day and eat the next day and, and do like this. Mm. And this is the beginning of what's called intermittent fasting. Uh, you have three main patterns. The first one is alternate fast day. This is used very much for laboratory animals because it's easier. One day you feed them, the next day you don't feed them. So it's not a restriction in calories, but a modulation of the time when you eat. At least in the pattern, in the original pattern. This means that you force these organisms to switch metabolism from burning f glucose to burning fat. It's, it's so if I, entering ketosis. So, if you, so the alternate day fast is I eat one day normally? Usually, usually. And the next day I eat, nothing. I fast. I eat nothing. Nothing. Just and then I eat again normally and then I fast. So it's always When you a, use the word normally, well, what you say is right, but the word normally I would su suggest to replace it by usually. Okay, yes. Okay. So this is the first uh, intermittent fasting uh, method, so it's yeah. alternate Which day fast. Which shows some results, especially if the people don't overeat the next day, you know. Mm -hmm. If you can really manage that you have a fast day and the next day you eat maybe a little bit more, but not exaggeratedly a little, uh, more, then mm -hmm. you have effects on the weight, normalizing the weight. You have the effects on the, on the metabolism, uh, less diabetes, less cardiovascular diseases, less inflammations. Mm -hmm. So it brings some of the effects of the calorie restriction. Okay, so what is the next method in intermittent fasting? This has been uh, made very popular by Michael Mosley, a presenter from the BBC. He's a doctor also and he's very funny. And made uh, this observation that when he, on two days, he, he eats less. So he calls that fast, but uh, the fast diet, but actually the diet. Uh, 500, 600 calories a day during two days in the week, either consecutive or non-consecutive. So it's the 5-2. This is called in Great Britain the 5-2. It was much more sexy than to say two days eating less in the week, mm -hmm. which is actually what it is. Okay, so we have... And the other days, eating as usual. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So I could eat from Monday to Friday, uh, let's say a usual amount of calories and meals. And then, for example, on the weekends, I would fast. This would yes. be the 5-2. Uh, you would reduce your caloric intake to 500, 600 calories, and you would call that fast, even if it's not a real fast. Okay. It's this extension of the, the word fasting to mm -hmm. diet, severe diet. Okay, so another very popular term in the intermittent fasting discussion is the 18-6 method. So what is the 18-6 method? But this is a very interesting point. This has been uh, discovered or rediscovered by Sachin Panda, as an American researcher, who um, noticed if you give to two groups of animals exactly the same food, the same quantity, the same quality, but you give to some animals only during a certain time, a period of time in the day, and the rest they have to fast until the next meal, or do you give them that they can eat that during the whole 24 hours, the group having been restricted in time, not in quantity, not in calories, but in time, and, and uh, obliging them to have this long 
ketosis pose, you know, when you stop eating, then after some time, you switch metabolism. You force these animals to switch metabolism, even if they eat the same quantity. This has also these effects I mentioned before, normalizing metabolism, diminishing inflammations, and having all these positive effects. This is why you put these three methods. And the last one is probably the less frustrating because a lot of people eat without hunger. And the nice thing about 18.6, in my opinion, is that you learn to rediscover the hunger feeling. Mm -hmm. You can do that in your everyday life, and it's um, mm -hmm. having a lot of positive results. So, for example, to make it practically understandable, I would just skip my breakfast and try to extend the pause um, uh, between dinner and the next meal. Skipping breakfast would be lunch into this 18-hour window and wait until my next meal so that I would regroup my meals into the six-hour window. Exactly. 18, six, six hours. We can also go to eight, eight hours and do only 16 hours of pause. But you must not be really too rigid with that. You have just to make a long pause. The thing is, you mentioned skip breakfast. Theoretically, it would be better to skip the dinner, dinner canceling. But it's difficult because it's, it's the meal where the people are sociable in family. Yes. And if you don't, because if you skip the dinner or you, you have a dinner at five or six so that when you go to bed, you finish with the digestion, you sleep much better. Mm -hmm. So it restores your day and night uh, rhythm mm -hmm. nicely. But since many people cannot do that, they wake up in the morning and most of the time they are not hungry, mm. but they take the breakfast because someone told them it's the most important meal and uh, because it tastes so nicely, etc. So yes, you skip the breakfast and then you wait until hunger mm. reanimates. And many, many times you can wait until 12 or 11 and then you can have a little think and just um, enjoy from our, this rhythm. From our um, experience, this is something that is commonly the easiest day fast that people can uh, take on because it's uh, intuitively already people with normal weight, usually if you ask them, they usually have either dinner or breakfast already in a reduced form or even... And not even at all. So. Yes, it, it is, it's very sensitive because uh, you don't move so much today. Mm -hmm. So you don't need all that food. And the proof is that uh, most of the people are obese. So it's a nice way to regulate and especially to reintegrate the hunger and society feeling in your eating behavior, mm -hmm. which is fundamental. Let's move on to the term called periodic fasting or prolonged fasting. What does this term mean? Well, this means, according to the definition of Matson and Longo, that uh, you eat, you fast during two to 21 days or more. Uh, this means just that you have, and in a lot of effects happen when you fast longer. And this is our experience in the Buchinger Wilhelmi school, is that you really obtain some effects only if you go really for a prolonged fasting, metabolic effects and others. And maybe it's just that the, all the positive effects which have been documented for intermittent fasting, stimulation of the autophagy, diminution of the inflammation, regeneration of stem cell, multi-stress resistance, etc., that they last longer. So you have more than that. And the whole debate is to say, 
Is it sometimes so that it's too long and then these FX no longer exist because you have fasted too long? And in our experience, it's the nice thing about it. We come into the debate uh, with the Buchinger Wilhelmi program, fasting program, with our 100 years experience. So we know which person should do a more a prolonged fasting, for whom it is too much, for whom it is contraindicated. And uh, this is why we, we, document, we have documented that periodic fasting, according to our program, is good for three blocks of diseases or for prevention, of course. The first block is overweight, hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, hyperlipidemia, diabetes mellitus type 2, cigarette smoking, all the risk factors for cardiovascular diseases. The second block is uh, chronic inflammatory diseases, joint arthritis, for instance, everything that is ending with itis, mm -hmm. gastritis, colitis, arthritis, neurodermitis, etc. You have uh, everything that is painful, swollen, rigid, gets better with fasting. And this has also been documented uh, in the interval fasting. And the third group is uh, all the mood depression, depression in the mood, a pre-burnout, this, this moment where you start to be chronic tired and you need a boost in your mood, a boost in your energy. This is the third block. And now, since the, the longevity studies are really uh, progressing a lot, there is a new category of diseases, for us new, that are documented to be positively influenced by fasting. This is the neurological disorders, like maybe the prevention or the treatment of Parkinson, of Alzheimer even, epilepsy, this is known a long time, multiple sclerosis, and maybe in, in the cancer therapy, there is a very big research where you can just say fasting is not something nice for the cancer cell and is no problem for the healthy cell. Now, how can you come from this very fundamental research showing that that fasting is probably very good in somehow in the treatment of cancer. Uh, for humans now, it needs to be more detailed until you can really propagate it. But at least I think um, you can get inspired by that. There are also ketogenic diets today, which are diet forms where you eat a lot of fat, very little sugar. And if you do it in a proper way, in a healthy way, you can have some of the effects of the fasting uh, through diets where you give high quantities of fats, for in good fats. And in the same approach, you have now a sort of a big, I would say, um, arrival of things, products and diets, which emit or provide one or two or some aspects of the fasting. You're talking about the FMDs, the fasting-mimicking diets. Fasting-mimicking diets when it's uh, food or, um, or formulas, uh, but it can be also a product. You have drugs, for instance, mm. who emit one of the aspects of fasting, and they are called then fasting-mimicking products. But the fasting-mimicking diets have high conjuncture because uh, there is a lot of investment in them. And... Um, They give uh, the people four or five days uh, food program and uh, it's not a fasting, it's a diet. But if you give a diet which is very ketogenic, so giving more fat, very little sugars and giving them maybe in a certain period of time, then you get 
good effects, might be through the weight reduction or through uh, intrinsic phenomena of fasting. It's not the same thing. For me, the real thing is the fasting when you experience something in your own person, you know, the physical dimension where things happen without you wanting them or any, uh, depending on any product. You have the spiritual dimension, which is the voluntary renouncement. You do something that is not dependent on a drug, but it's your decision. And you go through this transition phase where you have to show you have, you have willpower. You have also a certain straightness in your decisions. And then you enjoy really what is happening to you because you have the program of fasting in your own person, in your body, in your genes, and it's just uh, sleeping there. And you can reactivate and experience the incredible potential you have in your own person without drugs, without special diets, just by following a good method, being guided by professional people and being maybe in a setting that favors this transition to the experience of another dimension, nature, the joy of having time, the joy of reading, listening to music, having dialogues with other people and maybe doing meditation, staying by yourself, making a, a trip inside of yourself, which is the real fasting, according to um, the Buchinger Wilhelmi Clinics, which we work for since four generations. Thank you very much. Uh, this was a very good overview of the different uh, terms and definitions and definitely help our listeners to maybe understand a little bit better when somebody is talking about caloric restriction, intermittent fasting, periodic fasting and fasting mimicking diets. Uh, we will publish all the information that you've heard also in the show notes. So look into our show notes for more information. Stay tuned if you want to listen more about uh, the topic of fasting, the Buchinger Will Help Me Fasting School. We've got very fascinating episodes coming up, so stay tuned and thank you very much for listening. <music>